is Generation Justice, a multimedia project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Kateri Zuni. Curanderismo, or traditional healing, has been a part of the culture of the Southwest and beyond throughout history. Tonight, we look at one way that New Mexico's traditional healers are keeping this practice alive and thriving. We'll hear from two longtime GJ members, Nicole Beatty and Alma Olavaria Gallegos, who share their experiences attending traditional medicine without borders, curanderismo in the Southwest and Mexico. Then Antoinette Tonita Gonzalez shares her journey to curanderismo and her work on this course, which is now in its 19th year at the University of New Mexico. It's important to remember tonight and always that this hour of programming was recorded on stolen indigenous land, Tiwa land. Throughout the night, we'll feature music that emphasizes healing, culture, and self-care, starting with Hasta la Raiz by Natalia Laforcat. Nicole Beatty is a longtime GJ member. She graduated from here at UNM and is a Fulbright scholar who plans to attend medical school. Alma Olavaria Gallegos is also a longtime GJ member and graduates this year with a bachelor's degree from Occidental College in Los Angeles. Nicole and Alma were able to participate in the 2018 course Traditional Medicine Without Borders, Curanderismo in the Southwest and Mexico. This course teaches the history, traditions, rituals, herbs, and remedies of curanderismo, and it's open to students and the community each year. Now, Nicole Beatty and Alma Olavaria Gallegos speak with GJ Media Justice intern Barbara Ramirez. This is Barbara Ramirez with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with Alma Olivaria Gallegos and Nicole Beatty two long-time DJ members. Welcome back to Generation Justice. Thank you. Thank you. Please tell us more about yourselves. So hello, my name is Nicole Beatty, like you said. I am a 2017-2018 Fulbright scholar who recently just came back from Vietnam. An amazing experience. I recently graduated from the University of New Mexico with a degree in chemical engineering. And currently reconnecting with New Mexico and reconnecting with myself and learning what my next steps are. Um, my name is Alma Olavaria Gallegos and I am a student. I've been studying critical theory and social justice um, at Occidental College in LA, but I was originally born and raised in New Mexico, so I'm home for the summer. I Last semester I studied abroad in Havana, Cuba, and so I came back home to be with my family for a little while, and I'm about to go back to school in LA. You both recently completed the Curanderismo Traditional Medicine in the Southwest and Mexico class. 
please share with us what that experience was like for each of you. My experience in that class was amazing. I didn't think I'd have an opportunity to take that course this summer, so I was just so honored. Um, it was It's a two-week course offered at UNM. I was so excited to be learning again and about curanderismo, which is really a healing, a spiritual, emotional, and physical healing. And I was so excited because curanderismo for me is something that I know really well, even though maybe my family doesn't use the word curanderismo to describe it. But I was so excited to learn about different ways of taking care of myself, of maintaining my health, and also taking care of my family, which for me is really important. It was like half a day every day, and we got to go sit in class and listen to lectures from people all around the country and all around the world, really. I absorbed as much as I could, took notes on the rest, and would love to be in the course again. Yeah, I agree. And I was presented with this opportunity. I jumped on it. I am super interested in medicine and traditional healing and really didn't understand what a, what curanderismo was until I would say a year and a half ago when Generation Justice introduced this means of like self-healing and self-care. And we were introduced to curanderismo and curandera by the name of Tonita. And we did a circle and we had a drumming circle and we acknowledged all the four directions and the sky and the earth and our heart. And I just thought, wow, what a beautiful expression of healing and coming together with community. And when I was presented with the opportunity, I felt so honored and I learned so much. Thank you for sharing. What do you plan to do with this experience? Well, for me, I'm a rising senior and I have to work on my senior thesis. And I'm really interested in eco-pedagogy and bioethics. So bioethics being like the ethics of how we're engaging with the environment and how people and the environment impact each other. Well, mostly people impact the environment. And then eco-pedagogy being this, the study of teaching about the environment. And I was so excited to take this course because it was an opportunity to both learn to a really, really deep level on how we're connected to the environment and the environment's connected to us and how we're able to use what's around us, our community and the plants and materials around us to heal ourselves um, and how we are also consistently interacting with the environment and our actions are affecting Um, the world around us and how we can make a positive impact or a respectful and aware impact on the environment to minimize our disaster tendencies. And yeah, I think I learned a lot. The teachers were amazing and they really did put an emphasis on ethical practice, how you are aware of if you're growing plants or taking plants from an area, how to be aware, how to be respectful, how to not harm the plant, how to encourage environmental growth and be aware of what plants are in different regions and take use of the medicines around you. And not only with plants, with like air, with water, with the insects and animals and the different energies around us too. When I think one of the bigger experiences that I pulled away is that I would love to use this experience. I am an inspiring doctor. I, I definitely want to go to medical school soon. And I want to know how I can use this kind of healing in Western medicine. And so actually it's it's 
sparked something in me to reach out to my community. And we were introduced to a few doctors here in New Mexico who are currently using different aspects of this kind of healing in their medicine. And I definitely want to reach out to them and see how they're utilizing it, how it's helped them, how it's changed them, not only personally, but within their patients' lives. Um, So I would definitely love to do that. But I also have found a means of like learning about plants that are around me and how to give respect to them and also bringing my family into it and showing this to my community. And it's just been an amazing experience and hopefully something that I'm able to like continue to cultivate myself and and show to my community. And with with what Nicole said, I think is so important that there was a huge emphasis on the ability to bring together traditional medicine practices and academic, what what we're usually think of when we think of medicine. And there was a huge emphasis on the ability to integrate them and the ability to bring a more holistic approach into your medicine. And I was thinking about that the other day. I just got a an ultrasound for my thyroid. I was checking to see if I had thyroid cancer. And when the woman was doing the procedure on me, I really noticed the difference after I had taken this course about the ways that we were taught to approach patients or approach people with respect. I always explain what you're doing and the way I was approached in that setting. And so even just just the way to engage with patients, I thought was such valuable information. That's awesome. Nicole, why was this class important to you at this moment in your life? I recently just came back from Vietnam on a Fulbright scholarship. And while in Vietnam, I just realized like how grounded and how happy I was and just how much more life was simpler and how I was able to really connect with myself. And I know that That's the way life is in Vietnam, at least for me, was very community-oriented, community-focused around meals. And when I came back here, I just felt like I was entering into a little bit of chaos, chaos in regards to, like, the American political environment, chaos, like, in regards to myself and what I need to do with my next steps in regards to making progress to go to medical school. And I started losing focus and losing sight of, like, my happiness and grounding. But this class allowed me to realize, like, one, I need to stop, take a step, take focus on my breath and breathe and, and realize, like, I'm surrounded by so many things that can help me move forward. I can I can look to the plants and their energies and and help them heal me so that I'm able to move forward. I have the ability to call to my community and ask them for help and and just acknowledge like where I'm at in my space. Kind of acknowledge the chaos but but realize that I'm grounded. I can focus on my heart. I can always lean onto my heart and that I'm supported by like Mother Earth and my community and and different energies. And so like I'm grateful for this class and I can't wait until next year because I feel like I hopefully will be in a different space and I'll be able to get something different from it. Very nice. Thank you. How many people attended the Curanderismo class and what are some of the things you noticed about the organization of this class? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how many, but I think it was over 200. We were in a large auditorium. The organization in the class was phenomenal if you want to talk about that Nicole. yeah I think it was phenomenal 
I came into the class as a one of the color volunteers. So whenever the class had a breakout session, I would like lead students to the breakout session and also like answer questions. But I think my main role was when we went to the botanical gardens and we walked around the gardens and was able to like interact with traditional healers and talk about like or herbalists who are able to like point out the different traditional plans and talk about how like we can use them in healing. We had people from Canada and people from Mexico and different parts of the United States and there was like networking that was occurring and I think that deals with organization too and I think Cheo and Tonita and Rita did like an amazing job in bringing us together to learn about healing and healers. The Botanical Garden experience was an amazing experience because we had two more than 200 people in the class all come to the Botanical Gardens. Everyone was assigned a healer. Everyone could hear. We had different class sessions we all had to get to on different times. We had to walk around the Botanical Garden. It went really, really well, and I learned so much from that experience. Oh, and then the other thing is we were both volunteers, Nicole and I, and so we were leading the color groups. And I thought it was just amazing the amount of respect and appreciation we also received on the other end after everything had been finished, which wasn't expected at all. I really didn't have that expectation because I know sometimes that it's so chaotic and everything is so chaotic when you're organizing something that a lot of times volunteers do their work and then leave, but there's so much respect and follow-up and check-ins with us and so much thanks and appreciation given to us afterwards too that made me feel like it was a real complete process with a definitive end as well. And then, yeah, in the class, we had teachers from all over the world. There was teachers from Guatemala, teachers from Mexico, teachers from different parts of the United States, from New York. And then there were students who came from all over the world too. So yeah, what, what Nicole was saying, that was a great opportunity to connect with people that were coming from your state or your country and talk about how your healing practices aligned or differentiated. And a lot of practitioners were there learning and improving their practices and connecting with other practitioners. Yeah, I also really like the fact, Alma, that they allowed the practitioners that were available in the classroom, that we had a day where the healers came and provided their services to the students, not only students in the class, but also students from the university and, and not even the university. I think there are mm -hmm. even people who came from different parts of New Mexico coming to get healing from them. Um, and that was amazing to witness to the day where we had like limpias and and acupuncture, and I think there was like Reiki and sabadas. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, sabadas. Those are just like, you know, massages or fire cupping, anything to do with the body realignment, yeah. Yeah, and we were able to like witness these, we, we, we talked about like di many different ways of healing. We were able to like witness that in like real time, but also be a patient from our teachers, like allow our teachers to be a healer to us. And it was just an amazing, phenomenal experience that normally like in classes, it's just like, hey, I'm this doctor. This is what I do. This is what I'm recognized for. And you're just like, cool, mm -hmm. thank you. But in this class, it was like, hey, this is what I'm recognized for. This is what I'm known for. And if you want, you can have a session. And we'll provide that opportunity for you if you wanted it. And that was really awesome. And what was so important about that class, that was a Wednesday and it was a, a healing fair. And that was so important for the community. And it did so much for the community because you could get at any treatment you wanted to. And it was all donation based. So even if you didn't have the funds 
then you could get any treatment. And that is so important for the Albuquerque community, having access to so many healers. I'm just so grateful for all the healers that came and all of the patients they treated. I volunteered for that too, and we saw hundreds yeah, hundreds. hundreds of people just in, in my section, which was Limpias. So we saw hundreds of patients at a really discounted price. And so that was an amazing experience that was only possible through this class. Yeah, agreed. Will you share your favorite or most powerful moments of this experience? Yeah, honestly, and I I love this so much, is that in the class, they were like, you know, people today, because we have so many responsibilities, because life can be so hectic, that we forget to connect with our hearts. And we forget to connect with other people with our hearts. And everybody always gives these awkward side hugs or like ingenuine hugs. And they're like, no, we're going to hug with intention. And so they're like, turn to your neighbor. And I was like, I don't know this person. Um, and they're like, look them in your look them in their eyes. And so for like three minutes, we like looked each other without blinking, without being distracted, looked at each other with their eyes. And then they're like, reach out and touch their heart. And so we asked each other for permission, like, may we touch you? And we reached out and touched their heart. And they're like, repeat after me. I take nothing and I will give nothing. I will just be present with you. And I was just like, wow, that is... Mm -hmm. For me at the time, it was just so powerful that we were just there to be present with each other. And then they're like, now hug with intention and hug with your heart. And that's from that day, I felt like every class was like started with that. Like we hugged each other, we hugged neighbors, people we didn't know with intention, with our hearts. And it's a means of like connecting with community and also connecting back with yourself. Yeah. And with that too, we we had a lot more of those intentional connection moments with people. And another moment that came to my mind when Nicole was talking about that was honoring the Day of the Dead. And, and we we're talking about passing of life. And I think with curanderismo, a lot of times when you say physical healing, people can really get behind physical healing. But when you talk about emotional and spiritual healing, that's when it seems really abstract. And that the class when we were talking about everybody who's passed away and how to deal and how to heal from from the traumas that happen when your loved ones pass away was so important. And we had a, a moment like Nicole had described. We were all partnered off and looked into each other's eyes and And each person was allowed to talk to somebody as though they were talking to someone who had passed away. And that was an, an extremely powerful moment. I think almost everyone was crying. Yeah. Not only did it, it, it demonstrated how much healing there needed to be happening, but also demonstrated the power, the, the validity in curanderismo and the, the spiritual healing aspect of it and then the emotional healing aspect. So yeah, those were, those were some powerful moments in the class. Yeah, I just really love the class and the fact that they're just like, you have to connect mind, body, and spirit. And when out, one is out of a line, like the rest become out of a line. And you have to always be continuing with maintaining these three. Yeah, I really love this class. It was so good. It was so good. <laughs> One of the most powerful moments to me, though, was when we went to the Botanical Gardens. That was so fun because we walked with a healer through the different gardens, and they told us, they pointed out different plants and told us the uses for different plants, how to use them, if it was a tincture, how to make a tincture, if it was a tea, you know, how often to take a tea. And 
that was just so empowering for me because it was plants I could see all the time around Albuquerque. I could go to the bio park and, you know, pick up a few plants myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We I did not do that at the bio park. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we were trying to be respectful. But I really enjoyed the bio park also. It made me realize that, look, I have, like, these just as powerful healing medicines in my backyard. Um, and to be mindful that what my grandparents used to heal themselves can also be used to heal me, that I don't have to reach out of my own community to heal myself, that it already exists. And I thought that was so powerful and impactful for me. Wow. Is there anything else you would like to add? I think I just want to like express my gratitude to Tonita, Rita, and Cheo for providing such an amazing class for the last 18 years. And I hope it continues to grow and continues to impact lives and healers and practitioners. Just so grateful for the opportunity to take part in the class and be amongst so many people who are so willing and so eager to learn about this and learn about healing and Yeah, I can't wait until next year. Yeah, I would like to echo what Nicole said. I'm so grateful to have had this opportunity. Thank you to Cheo, who's the one who organized it. And I could see, I didn't even know any of the details, but it was so obvious that he's just put so much effort into it, made so many connections. In Mexico, he was bringing healers from all over Mexico. He brought healers from Guatemala, healers who had... Uh, you know, like been all over the world. They've had healers from Africa, healers from Cuba and Puerto Rico. And to me, that's just so important to have so much knowledge in one place and have it shared in such a digestible, easy and just like humane fashion. I just was forever grateful, forever grateful for Tonita and Rita who shared the experiences with us. And, and also, I'd like to say that that in New Mexico, I remember in like, in 2016, there was a lot of trauma happening here in Albuquerque. And there was a lot of like, curanderas who came together and were doing like, healing for the communities. And I remember attending like healings, how Nicole described earlier, where they were honoring the, the different directions and opening space to allow people to reflect or honor their ancestors. And I think having this curanderismo course in New Mexico is such a special opportunity not only to connect with what I consider to be my, be my heritage and, and the culture around us, but also to to grow and inform that culture and keep it alive and, and keep it uh, nurtured. Well, thank you, Alma, and thank you, Nicole, for being here, for talking, uh, for sharing it with us this information. I would totally like to take this class next summer. It sounds so amazing. And uh, yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. This was Barbara Ramirez with Generation Justice. Nicole and Alma, thank you for coming back to GJ and for sharing about all of the experiences you had in this class. I can totally hear the excitement and love for everything that you learned in your voices. And it's so wonderful to know that you're going to take what you learned and use it in your lives and in your practices. Thank you both. This next song was chosen by Nicole. It's called Holy by Jamila Woods. It's an uplifting song with messages of self-love and of healing. Give me today my daily bread. 
me to walk alone ahead. Though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no love. Oh, my smile, my mind reassure me I don't need no one. Woke up this morning with my mind set on loving me with my mind. Antoinette Tonita Gonzalez is a native New Mexican curandera, sobadora, yerbera, and temescalera. She received her Bachelor's of Science in Mathematics and a Bachelor's of Arts in Graphic Design from the American University in Washington, D.C. Tonita completed her studies of traditional medicine here at UNM, where along with Dr. Alicio Cheo Torres and Rita Navarrete, she's an organizer and instructor for the summer course, Traditional Medicine Without Borders, Curanderismo in the Southwest and Mexico. Now, 14-year-old youth producer Isabel Becerra speaks with Tonita Gonzalez. This is Isabel Becerra with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with Tonita Gonzalez, director of the Mezcal Tonantzin and one of the organizers and the teachers of the 19th annual Curanderismo summer course at UNM. Donita, welcome to Generation Justice. Please tell us more about yourself. Thank you for the invitation. I'm honored to be able to to be here and to answer any questions that you might have in regards to traditional medicine, or as we will call it, curanderismo. Please describe what curanderismo practice is and where you learned this knowledge. Curanderismo, the word actually curar means to heal. So for me, curanderismo pertains to so many fields. I've, if we look even to our own mothers or fathers, when we had a fever and they put our hand on our head, it was not only a blessing, it was a way of wanting to see how we're ill and how we could feel. And it's interesting because as soon as somebody makes that physical contact and they're giving their cariño, which cariño means love and care, then it's a way to show that it's about healing. And curanderismo, through history, through our First Nations and our indigenous peoples here in New Mexico, always had medicine men, medicine women, and so did every single culture had a way of healing. All of them began, I think, because we all started living off the earth and watching the animals and what the animals ate. And in each of our cultures, it expanded into how do we self-care? For me, I am a typical New Mexican. I have very different roots from Spain, from Portugal, from the Sephardic Judaism, Mescalero Apache. I'm kind of a mixture. And as we learn more about identity and who we are in the mixtures of different cultures, for me, it's an honor that each one of those cultures have so many similarities in healing. So I believe curanderismo for me was first taught to me first by my mother and then by my grandmother. And then I had the privilege of not only studying in academic institutions because I graduated from American University, and but I also had the privilege of studying in Mexico. And it was quite a surprise to me. And I was invited by a curandera Rita Navarrete Perez to study with her in Mexico. So I not only studied with her, but at SEDEC, which is the Centro de Desarrollo Humano Así La Comunidad, or the University of Mexico Morelos. And they have a program that studies traditional medicine. So it allowed me not only to heal myself, but to be able to open up to see what does it actually take to heal an individual. Uh, thank you. Why and how do you think curanderismo is helpful for the community? 
What we know right now, unfortunately, in our medical community, we have a lot of disparities of health, meaning especially for women, LGBTQ, people of color. A lot of times we were in the system of colonization told that we had to act as one and only see one type of medicine. And it really came at the hands of people that maybe had well intentions, but it's turned into, and it still continues to be, health system for money. Before this country was colonized, we had an abundance of medicine, of living off of our foods, our medicines, our way of prayer, our way of culture, our way of bonding. All of that impacts our health. Curanderismo is exactly that. So for me, it's about restoring what was unethical for us to lose to begin with. When we think now, we think when somebody's sick, what pill can I give them? We need to start going back is what did I eat? What did I think? What did I watch? What did I do? Or who was I around? Because all of those have consequences to our health. Thank you so much for that. What role does feminine power have in curanderismo from your point of view? That's a great question. And I'm so happy you asked that. Years ago, we saw when the Spanish came into New Mexico, there were penitentes that would practice their spirituality in what were called moradas. And there were also healers that were called curanderas. They were parteras. They were women that were encouraged to practice medicine. And so you usually would go to one place and the community would help heal you together through ceremony, through prayer, through foods, through herbs. It was what our grandmothers did. It's what we knew. And it was an honor and it was recognized. And now in our medical system, there's actually very few women in compared to the amount of men. So a lot of times when we go to a doctor, we want the doctor to look like us, to understand our values, to understand who we are, and at the very minimum, respect ourselves and respect us. In healthcare, we need more women. We need more people that look like us. But there's also a part of changing how we accept who we are as women. There's a word in Nahuatl that we use. It's called ometeot, and it means two in one. So it means two, you are in your spirit in one holy body. It also means like I see the divine in you and the divine is me. And because of different ways of thought and not indigenous ways, we've learned to disrespect women, to disrespect their voice, to disrespect the way they want to give birth or honor their own bodies. And we need to give that power back to them because it was meant to be there to begin with. It's where women learn that they can do everything and they don't have to be codependent, not just on a society. And so we have a lot of ceremonies. For example, one great ceremony we do is with the deity, Koyoshauki, which is the moon. And if you look at her example, she's broken and cut into pieces. There's a wonderful story. She was literally hacked to pieces, thrown up to the heavens. And she's these broken pieces, which kind of, if you remember when we look at the moon, it's a very fine line. Every time we see the moon's different. But there's a beauty in that because then we can acknowledge that we're all some broken. We are all broken just a little bit. And in that brokenness, we're actually whole. And that's why a lot of times women will talk about I'm on my moon when it's their menstrual cycle because it's able to say like all this brokenness is going to flush through my womb and I become whole again. Through the ATTC and through NIH years ago, they did a study that the number one group of attempted suicides were Latina youth. But what they said is, after they did a lot of research and interviews, is that it was due to acculturation. 
They didn't find their culture in medicine. If they spoke to a priest, a counselor, they didn't look like us. They didn't feel like us. They didn't know us. And they could have had different spiritual and cultural beliefs. And ours were not honored, so they weren't apt to access help. And we need to make services available and accessible for everyone. Mm -hmm. Do you think that sharing this knowledge with young people is important? It's critical. It's it's the lifeline to where they're going to live, especially in our communities. I remember years ago doing a class with young people and teaching them about prunes. And they were like, that's gross. They had never even seen one. Once they put it on their tongue and mindfully ate a prune, then they all they wanted was prunes. Well, one mom actually got upset. She's like, he won't eat anything. All he wants is prunes. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a great thing because it's helping their digestive system. And when they're eating so many toxic foods, then what we do is we're actually adding heat. Not only does it produce like gas and reflux, but it produces cancer. And we have an extraordinarily amount of young people that have cancer and it's unnecessary. Do you think that relates to poverty, like most young people who don't have access to expensive organic foods are forced to eat these cheap packaged foods? Do you think that has to do with it? That's exactly why I call it war, yeah. because it's a way for us to be put down. It's a way of when we use that term white privilege, because mm -hmm. we don't have the same access to resources. And the interesting, fascinating thing about that is that we can even take that to the stretch of addictions. If we look at a lot of people want to say about Española or Northern American communities that they're addicted to heroin. But what they should say first is we stole their land. We gave communities that had several thousands of acres to graze and to grow into minuscule, really small, like a community that had 5,000 acres went down to 100 acres. How could they graze their animals and take care of them? That void is a generational trauma that has carried on for many years. It's the same thing that happened with our indigenous communities is their water was sold or stolen right under their feet. We see that in the Cochiti Pueblo. All of their crops got ruined because they wanted to build the dam and people died and they suffered because the salt wept under, it seeped right underneath their corn and destroyed their crops so they had no way of feeding their foods. We also see it in the depression of our government. The Laguna governor years ago explained to me quite in detail how commodities were given to indigenous communities. They had no idea what this white toxic flower would do to them. We look at the extraordinary amounts of diabetes, but this is what we gave to them. And instead it's marketed as people aren't eating healthy, therefore they get diabetes and all these pre-existing conditions. But we need to remember that it was our government that destroyed their lands, destroyed their values, destroyed their ways of healing. It's unnecessary, and we need to go back into restoring our health. So it is. It absolutely—oh, there's so—it's not—I don't even think the word is just colonizations, but it's atrocities against our communities here in New Mexico. Yeah, thank you. Can you please tell me about the 19th Annual Curanderismo Summer Course at UNM? Yes, I've had the privilege of over 11 years being involved with the class. And it was started by Dr. Aleseo Torres, who's the vice president of UNM years ago. It's quite interesting. I was at a, a difficult time in my life where I was on a lot of medication. I had been diagnosed with several illnesses from 
fibromyalgia to lupus to rheumatoid arthritis. And I was probably taking over 40 pills a day. And for me, I knew, and I had been told by several people, you need to see a curandera. Even before that, when I went to college, I had had surgery and my grandfather had told me, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And I said, he's old, he doesn't understand. This is a great opportunity to go to college back east, to be given a full scholarship. I needed to jump on this and not lose that. When I got home, that's when I started getting sick. And I first got Bell's palsy after we buried my grandfather, which is a paralysis of the face. And so for about 10 years, I was sick. And at one of the health fairs that the Curaderismo class was hosting, I met Rita Navarrete Perez. And one of the things that she told me is that I wasn't, couldn't laugh, not because of my face, but from the pain in my soul. And I realized she was right. I hadn't cried. And that health fair that was at the Hispanic Cultural Center was part of this class. So I began a relationship with Rita in healing and learned to heal myself as she and I agree is we don't heal anybody. We, we educate them or re-educate them what their culture and elders already knew. And so that was how I got into this. And I eventually, realizing that I was at such a health crisis, moved to Mexico and studied the medicine. I quit my job here and went to live there and study. And then for three months of every year, I go back there and work in the community and teach and help the communities grow and what they already know. But here at the class at UNM, it's our opportunity to to really remember that our grandmothers and grandfathers, our ancestors, were scientists. They were indigenous science that knew the medicine before we did. Right when I got sick, my grandmother told me, put some rue and some mentholatum and some clove in my mouth and massage my face. And I instead, I listened to the allopathic doctors. And it had gotten so bad, they wanted to operate on my brain at the Mayo Clinic in, outside of Phoenix. And it, it wasn't the way that it worked. Instead, she got the traditional fire cupping, which we call ventosas, and she pulled the blood in from my face all the way into my face. And it hurt, but I immediately got movement. And I immediately knew that things were possible because when she told me about my own health, it was about remembering exactly what my grandmother had told me and how to heal and to empower myself to heal. And I hope that our participation in the health fair and teaching is to really help people connect the dots in how we're interrelated, that they need their spirituality and culture to heal, that they can be empowered to heal. And that's what young people need. That's the importance of this class. And the class is so beautiful because it's multicultural, it's multi-generational, and it's really about how do we make those connections. We're so used to things that are quick on Facebook and looking up a remedy, but to see that somebody who's actually where you can smell the plants, taste the foods, rebirth into that whole generation, we're giving the power for me, the most important thing that we do in the class is give the power back to the people and let them know that their ancestors were, were wonderful, were brilliant, were educated, and we need all need to go back to our roots. One thing that was mentioned in your bio was that you believe that you need to be healed physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. mentally thank you. <laughs> what you said about the pain in your heart Mm-hmm. That's something that I have experienced myself. Um, a few months back, I was having severe anxiety, and I was going to two counselors a week, and I was getting talked to by a social worker in school. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So that's like three counselors a week. Four months, nothing happened. And um, I had three sessions with the curandera who gave me that bracelet. It went away like that. I rarely have anxiety. And she actually, every day, every single time I would go, she told me that it's within my heart. It's within my soul and within my what's happening at home. And it has to do with me mentally. I just, that I really agree with that, that it was a pain in your heart that you couldn't cry because I've experienced that myself. I think it's awesome that you were able to, to A, ask for help, because that's huge. All of us think that we are strong enough to handle anything, and we've been taught that we're like a weak person, right, if we cry or ask for help. But that's really a smart person who asks questions and says, why is this happening? And you're, you're absolutely on target. We know that physically, the heart is a crucial part of the body. And we say, well, somebody, have you heard the term died of a broken heart? Yeah. Right? Because our hearts are connected. The heart emotion is joy. And when we're not feeling joy in our heart, it feels broken. And we actually know scientifically, and you can do some research, or I'll lend you a book on it, but actually the rhythm, when we've experienced a shock, in Spanish we say susto, the rhythm of the heart changes. And people get tremendous pain, and they think that they're having a heart attack. And this is children and adults. When we're in a situation, and that's why I used the word earlier in power, when we teach people that this is just a reaction to their emotions and that they can get better, that's the first medicine that we need to do. And we can't take a pill to change our living situation, to change our habits. We have to change those. And there's lots of tools. So it's beautiful because probably, if I wouldn't know better, but this bracelet allows you to breathe differently. And then you remember that I'm really okay that this is my emotions that are impacting me. That was the beauty of when our grandmothers rubbed our belly or they'd sing a song is that it would bring calmness to our heart and our soul and we know that we're not alone. Will you please share your favorite or most powerful moments from teaching this course? If I think about individual stories, I could tell a million stories about the power in which we've witnessed the change of people in this class. Because in this class, not only are they UNM students, they're community students, they're doctors, there's psychologists. And I think we really build community every summer when we take this class. People learn to hug each other. They learn to see It's not just about how they transform themselves, but they really learn how to see other people and respect other people in a different way. Because when we teach something, whether it be the fire cupping, the ventosas or herbs, there's something that calls out to each individual. And not everybody is called to practice this medicine. Some people just want to be herbalists. Some people just want to uh, sit with the trees and take care of animals. But they learn to love that every single individual is on their own journey. We're all on a journey to be happy, to be healthy. And this is why when we are talking about that mind-body-spirit is if we're not balanced in all of them, then we do feel, we don't feel okay. And we have this, when somebody says, oh, how are you? You're like, I'm okay. We're really not. There really is something that needs to be helped and healed. So in the class, when we teach people how to listen in a sacred way, how to embrace each other in a sacred way, I think overall our community gets healthy. We have some 
great presenters that are coming from all over that'll teach us about different aspects of healing. We have a wonderful elder from the Taos Pueblo that will be here talking about traditional medicine. We have speakers like Jorge Partida, who's a speaker from California. He's a PhD psychologist, and we'll talk more about culture and spirituality and how we heal. We have a lot of students that have been here past years that will come and volunteer. I think for me, it, this class is always full of wonders and mystery and magic. No, it's not magic to heal, but it's magic to see people heal together. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to all the new people that come and how we collectively learn with each other. And how can someone get involved? To take the class this summer, you could be a UNM student or a student from other universities. It has a lot of cross-sections that you could take it. But you could also take this class as a community member through UNM Continuing Education. So it's a great class. And if there's any questions that the community has or they want to bring people, they can contact Dr. Cheos, the Student Affairs Office here at UNM. Or they could look at our website and Google UNM and Curanderismo, and we're more than happy to give them information about housing or shared housing that people have or staying here on the dorms or some close-by hotels. We have a lot of people that are coming from all over different countries and different states that will be here. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you would like to add? One of the things that I would like to talk about is about blending of medicine. We use a word ometeot that I talked about a little bit earlier, the balance of of who we are. We're all good and bad. We're all black and white. We're all some spectrum in the ometeot. And it means that there's divine presence in each of us. And when we look at our health, I had a wonderful teacher the other day explained to me that we look at balance of like the seasons of our menstrual cycles, of everything in life, but we don't always look even at the the balance of cells, the balance of science, of our indigenous science that's just as worthy as allopathic science. And in this class, we see a merge and a blend from both people that are doing research, studying, practicing both medicines. And I think for us to really have healthy outcomes in our community is it has to be a blend of allopathic and traditional medicines. And we need to respect both people's practices. For me, that is really critical for our communities that are up and coming and how they can really change, how they can be supported and loved. I really think that that's it's that bridge where we stay too much in the extremes, like only allopathic or I know the answer. We need to know how to make compromise and meet in the middle for us all to be healthier. One of my life dreams is that, especially for young people, is to listen to their elders and for their elders to take the time to listen to the young people. We are all teachers. Teachers come in many sizes, cultures. They're every color that we can imagine, every identity we can imagine. And we have to honor and respect everything as a teacher. And when we do that, we get healthier outcomes. And that's the way that we can really change the disparity of health here in New Mexico. Thank you so much, Tonita Gonzalez. This is an amazing interview. Thank you so much for your time. I hope to have this opportunity again. And I learned so much from you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be here. And I'm honored that you too were asking for help in figuring out how to heal. And I, what I ask of you is that you encourage other people to do the same, to go to their roots, to ask their grandparents to communicate so that we all can make a difference in each other's lives. Thank you.
Thank you. Uh, once again, this is Isabel Becerra with Generation Justice. Thank you so much for joining us, Tonita. Your story resonates with me so much, and I admire how you are such a humble and generous keeper of all of this knowledge, and that you've made such a tremendous effort to pass it on to our community and to our young people. If you would like to learn more about the course, Traditional Medicine Without Borders, Curanderismo in the Southwest and Mexico, you can visit curanderismo.unm. Dot edu or call 505-277-4296. And also thank you so much to Isabel for being so open and sharing in this beautiful interview. We hope you've enjoyed this hour of healing and wellness and we'd like to thank our guests, Nicole Beatty, Alma Olivaria Gallegos, and Tonita Gonzalez. And thank you to our interviewers, Barbara Ramirez and Isabel Becerra. We also want to give a huge shout out to all of our youth producers because we could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org, where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud and iTunes. We're active on social media platforms, so you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, with additional funding from the Kuln Alma Health Foundation, and of course, from all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking donate. Our next song is in honor of Tonita Gonzalez, and it is Las Curanderas by Laura Murcia. My name is Kateri Zuni, Dondethle Nakokshi Awandewatu. Con su falda de retazos remendaba el mundo entero. La costura es lo primero en un mundo que se hace pedazos. Cual recuerdo en su regazo, surció telas que vistieran de ilusión por vez primera.